Success Beneath the Surface, hosted by Deborah Fell, Managing Partner at Chief Outsiders. Deborah provides insights specifically for CEOs from growth-oriented companies. Hey everybody, Susan Finch here. I am the guest host on Success Beneath the Surface. And now we have our regular host, Deborah Fell, in the guest seat. This is a rare treat for me, and she invited me to join her today. And we're going to be recording a couple of episodes to share with you over the next few weeks. Deborah, I am so glad that you asked me to do this. Well, thank you for being available to do it. And <laughs> it's exciting to do this with Susan Finch, who does so many great podcasts. Oh, thank you. You and I were knocking around topics, and one of the things that came up is what CEOs should do or consider to unlock growth and profitability and, and to strengthen their businesses for these coming seasons of uncertainty, which there's always an, a season of uncertainty coming up, it seems. And we need to be ready to be able to adjust, to adapt. And so I wanted to, I don't know, just kind of dive into this with a few questions, if you don't mind. Oh, great. Terrific. So you are a CMO, as we know. So as a CMO with a lot of experience in driving growth and profitability, what do you believe are the key considerations that CEOs should keep in mind during these times to unlock the opportunities for their businesses? You know, I, I have been a, a CMO and worked in, in many companies and as managing partner today, I talk to many CEOs now in a day right. as I'm to uncover what their issues are and then sort of match them up with our CMOs as well as our chief sales officers uh, in the business. But there, there's something really great about the basics right now that I wish for CEOs to consider. The basics of understanding, do we really have current insights about our customers? Because often companies forget that what they're going through, their clients and prospects are also going through, that as they're needing to hunker down or fortify their company, so are their clients and customers. Therein lies great opportunity. Because if you can understand where are your clients today, which has likely changed from where they were yesterday or last year, what is it that you can do to take care of them to meet their need, either with your existing or new service product offerings, and be the one that is at the ready to help them in their time of need. And so I, I think just getting current with your clients and helping them even see around the corner is where the solution to your need can come when you're working to really shore up your own business and prepare for the future. Well, I love what you just said, because it, it just hit me. So many people will go through and have consultants or have chief marketing officers and have research done, but they did it a year or two ago and they've spent that money. It's like, oh, well, we have that information. We know who our customers are. And they do forget that you have to revisit that regularly, especially in these tumultuous times where everything's changing so rapidly. And it, you might have to spend some more money first to go re-identify or at least validate again that, yes, that's still our customer. Ooh, we've had a big shift. 
exactly. And I don't even think it has to be very expensive. You know, with digital, you know, there's just so many ways to get customer feedback. And the way we like to work, I mean, everybody either has digital or if they don't, that's a whole different issue to, to talk about, okay? But they have a website. They have messaging on the website. You can change that messaging. You know, you can talk to customers, find out, is that messaging resonating with them? You can make those adjustments and then see how does that change the metrics in your website? Or you can do a focus group or God forbid, you can call customers <laughs> sit down and ask them, what changed in your business? Your discovery with clients, in with prospects to get clients, to me, discovering should be an ongoing function in the company. The sales team, the service team, the CEO, you know, call those top customers and ask them, you know, how's it going in their business? And then you can ask, how's it going in our business? Because the two sides of the coin, it's not just about getting customers. Right. The part we don't often talk enough about is how do you keep your clients sold? You know, as they say in, in government, right, with government contractors, how do you keep sold the clients right. you have? What is their journey? I can ask many clients, what's your sales and marketing funnel look like or journey? And I would say, well, probably less than half can really answer that in detail, but but many can answer that. But when I ask about what does it feel like, what is the experience like for a client that you have, you know, beginning, middle and after the long term, depending on your type of business, it comes out in transactions. You know, it comes out, well, we, we made the sale and then we mailed them this. And then a month later, customer service called them and then they got their stuff. These are all transactions. When we want a relationship, we want a long haul, we want someone who can that the arc of that engagement with the customer, you know, has more ups than dips. Right. So how can CEOs strike a balance between making those swift decisions, you know, to seize those growth opportunities and ensuring that they align with the long-term vision of the company? First step is really talking to, to customers and talking to prospects alike. And again, I think the CEO's involvement in that is crucial at least once in a while, a ride along with the salesperson or call the top customer and to be picking which ones, maybe it's one a month, maybe it's two a month. So you're always asking. And then you're also getting intelligence from your marketing and sales teams or a chief of staff, someone who is actually looking at what are the primary industries that you serve? If it's only one that makes it a little bit easier, What's going on in the industry? What's the growth rate of that industry? What are the key factors in that industry? And if suddenly it's apparent that your clients are going to need new services or they're going to need more from you because the industry is slowing, let's then direct our conversations with customers with that knowledge. Let them know we've done our homework, not just on them and how much they've paid us, but on what's happening in the industry and talk about how can we help. I had a client who was in the commercial and retail architecture and design business. And when COVID hit, needless to say, they got slammed and that industry still struggles a bit. But what they initially failed to do was understand 
what their clients are actually going through. Because had they done that, they would have been first to market to identify how do you make COVID proofing a restaurant a pleasing experience to entice more guests. You know, when, once we got into that, or how do you help design the perfect carryout experience so that they can get into that faster? Because those are the establishments that made it and right. that were able to build on that success when everything reopened. But just paying attention, not just, oh, my business is down, but while my customers are getting killed, what can I see around the corner as to how I can change my design approach that can help them be the best at this COVID experience. Now, hopefully we're not dealing with, you know, levels of distress like that every year, but there will be distress, but there will be winners and losers in times of distress. And to make that pivot to your question, mm -hmm. the successful pivots will be from those that have stayed both in touch with their clients and their needs and paid attention to how that industry is performing. What are the issues and opportunities? Who's really winning in that industry and what are they doing? So just a moderate amount of reading and studying and looking at industry reports that could help provide some guidance and some intelligence for at least a conversation with the customers. And then if that's your core customer, you can then build that and scale that around customers that are like that. I think sometimes companies, when they have call centers, help centers, helplines, chat lines, they underutilize it so many times because that's the gold. That's the truth that comes out. Those are the flaws. Those are the ways to improve. Those are what you're doing right, what you need to do more of. And I see that disconnect all the time in companies where they don't tap into, which is actually one of their most valuable resources is to retain good customer service people because they keep it flowing. Yes. And they keep that communication, that first line of communication to. And now it's time for a quick break. CEOs need help growing their companies, but don't always have the time or money to hire a full-time chief marketing officer, CMO, or chief sales officer, CSO, or both. Recruiting a quality full-time executive can take months, not to mention the ongoing cost. In these challenging times, CEOs need battle-tested growth executives who can help companies successfully navigate the uncertain waters. Partner with chief outsider CMOs and CSOs who will function as strategic operators to build and execute your growth engines. And we're back. Where the next level needs to step in. Yes. Yes, you're so that's so true. And you, you make me go back a number of years, over 10 years, when I was at Marriott International and I ran brand marketing for all their hotel chains. And I spent, you know, some time each month with Bill Marriott, which was an honor and great. And if if not sometimes <laughs> great, a few anxious moments here and there. But one of the things that he would say to his top leaders during our meetings, he would say, be clear that if we shut down this corporate office, the hotels where the frontline people are who interact with the customers every day, the hotels will continue on. So our role is to support them, is to listen and gain the feedback. Now there were also you know, centralized customer service folks, so, so the, the same applied, right. but that's where 
the gold is. And in fact, when he went to hotels, he used to go to 200 hotels a year. And even it hasn't been that long ago that he stopped. I mean, this was his his love and his commitment. But he would want to talk to the restaurant guys and gals in the back of the house. Yes. He would want to talk to the front desk person. Chances are he would know their name by the time he got there and have a private conversation with them looking for that kind of feedback. And then he could say to us, well, I heard this, I heard that, I heard the other. What have you heard? What are we hearing? Because if you listen to employees and they're listening to customers, which is really what we're talking about at the right. most basic of levels, because we're really talking about basics here. And you actually can corral that information. This is the second piece of it. So you can get information from different places, but it's nothing until you can pull out what are the insights. And this is a big thing we talk about chief outsiders. What are the customer insights that are actionable? What's the next action as a result of this, that, and the other? What are we going to go do about this? And the good news is if you're picking up on the right signals and there are ways to automate that and you can spend all kinds of money and get return on it. But talking to customers is the goal and turning that into insights and then taking action on it to help your customers, which will in turn help to protect and grow your company. It's a constant, I'm not going to say it's a dance. It's a constant commitment to communication. Yes, it is. And it it takes time. It can't be done with bots. It can't just be done with data insights. We are still humans and we still have to get our answers and get the real feedback from that. The data tells you so much, but the data can lie. I mean, I I just laugh at my own browser history. And if people went by the (laughs) data from the browsers, I will hear something on television, a commercial, something, I'll look up a product and then go down a rabbit hole, but that isn't who I am. So that data isn't accurate. We all do that. We all give false data with our honest exploration of information. Yes, you know, you, you make me think that same client, they had information that said their design capabilities was their differentiator. I talked to a number of their clients and past clients and was able to corroborate that, that, that the clients felt that that was their number one differentiator. But then I asked the next question to the clients and that is, what's the most important thing for you at this time because the world had changed. And they said, well, actually, we kind of need design that's good enough, but the most important thing we need is the speed and the follow-up. And when you looked at what they thought the performance of my client was on speed and follow-up, our client was loving the design process, spending time getting that perfect design while their client was dying, when can I have it? When can I have it? What was supposed right. to be done last week? So the perfect design, the most amazing written about in design magazines design was now not important because it was about getting these projects done fast because for every day we delay, the cost of supplies are going up, the ability to right. get the supplies in are going up. So the world changed. So interestingly, client and their client we're in agreement about the differentiator, but with just a few phone calls. Now we later did a small, very inexpensive quantitative because it's a big deal. What changes this would require in the business, uh, we're able to see like, wow, here's why we're not getting more business and referrals 
from the clients that we have. It's because mm -hmm. they're perceiving us as too slow and somebody else is good enough, but really, really fast. The differentiator didn't matter anymore. Interesting. A one mattered most. Interesting. Thank goodness you did make those calls. But not everybody has that constant. It's an advocate, really. It's an advocate for the continued growth and success of the business and right. building that reputation. Because if we don't have word of mouth, if we don't have referrals, I know it. If all of you didn't recommend me to be a podcast host, I would not have new shows. I can go door to door all I want. But to have the ones that, to have people like you, to have my clients that I know are out there talking to people and they can relate to other people with needs that I can solve. Yes. yes. And so it, it's this nice pre-screening that happens too. Right. And there's a sense of pride when the client recommends somebody to you and it's a success for both. They take the, the gold medal from both of you. And why do I recommend you? I recommend you because you are awesome because you, you push on me, you make me better and you over deliver. So you provide <laughs> you. great value, but don't tell yourself what I just said, because then you're going to raise the price. So don't do that. <laughs> but it's, it's a simple thing and it is not a big process. It should not take a lot of time to get the key things what is it that your customers value the most today? What do they need to keep their businesses or if it's a consumer, you know, to keep their lives running and deal with whatever issue that you right. focus on for them? It's not that hard, but we do think we learn it and then we know it and we keep doing it. My client was very, very smart because they observed, hmm, something's changed. <laughs> help. <laughs> to help us sort it out. Right. Well, looking ahead then, what advice would you give CEOs who are preparing their businesses? What key areas should they focus on to be ready for growth, profitability, and resilience? Well, I think checking in with clients, understanding, making sure your differentiator is what matters most to them. I would say also the other side of this is looking at your customer profitability. And I think enough companies don't do this to really rack and sort the profitability of each customer that they have, which is not hard to do with a, a smart accountant and pivot table who knows pivot tables and really determine perhaps what customers are you losing money on or not making money on because there's always the 20% of customers who make up 80% of the profits. Who are those customers? So identify, are there any customers you need to fire, right? Yeah. But, but also those customers that are delivering for you because you're delivering for them, you need to protect and defend those customers. You really need to understand what is their experience like with your company. And we did a, and, and we've done this for, for many clients where we actually map the customer's journey within the company after they've been sold in. And many times we'll find that early on, you know, the chart is of communication and performance and engagement is very high. And then over time, it kind of falls down. The execution maybe isn't quite as brilliant or their mistakes happen, but it's, it's understanding what is that journey like and making sure that you want it for all customers, but certainly for your very best customers, that you're investing in them 
that you're ensuring nothing is amiss. You're making their experience as frictionless as possible. And if they're sold on you, then they may be open to more things from you, whether you're bundling or adding new products and services, or if you're working with a larger company and you could be working in more parts of the company, how do you increase your footprint and deliverables across that company? But it starts by, first of all, knowing, are you taking care of these customers? And in particular, your most valuable players, if you will, right. and then determining what can we build upon? Because, and I know this from my experience when I was in corporate America, oftentimes it's the customer giving you the most where there is the greatest opportunity because they're sold on you. And it's also yes. the least expensive business development you can do. So I say, know about your customer, take care of your best customers, fire the ones that you're not making any money on unless you can figure out a strategy to increase the profitability of that customer uh, would be some key things to, you go profit automatically. And then of course, looking at your product and service portfolio in detail, where are you making money? Are you actually marketing products that lose money and didn't know it? Do you have a profitable product that you've given so many rebates to your top customers that mm. it no longer is profitable? Getting in and understanding and then figuring out strategies to unwind some of these things, give Morbid in a different way so you can recover profit, I think would be key going forward. And that's just part of your, it should be ongoing. It should be ongoing in business, but certainly now, if it hasn't been done, get a tiger team in-house focused on looking at these things. You can call chief outsiders for an outside resource because we certainly do this day in and day out with our clients would be a few of the things that I would recommend. And that would be appropriate, good times and bad. Fantastic. What a great wrap up to this episode. It's nice to mix it up a bit once in a while. You get some great guests and oh, they, yeah. I learn a lot from your guests. So everybody go find success beneath the surface on all your favorite podcast apps. You need to go catch up, listen to some of her past guests. And I really enjoyed to your commentary episodes because it, you're getting into a little bit more of a, a dig into specific points on each one of these. I'll look forward to seeing you the next time and everybody again, find success beneath the surface. This has been Susan Finch, your guest host today with my guest, Deborah Fell. Be sure to subscribe in all your favorite podcast apps. Just look for success beneath the surface. Chief outsiders, part-time growth executives with full-time results.